Welcome to the family with Kelly Ferraro, Danette Peterson, Nancy Jones, and Andy Brampernard. Is Mikey Gelfand still with us? I think so. I'm here. There he is. There's Mike Gelfand. We'll be right back. Mitch Graff will join us, ladies and gentlemen. The book is on Amazon. The book is called Customer Service is Dead. This is going to be fascinating. Ooh. I like it. It's up next with the family. Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. <laughs> By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hey, folks, Brian Zepp here. Spring is gearing up, and if you're like me, you've already got the itch to hit the road. Make sure you and your motorcycle are ready with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. They've got 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Get in gear and head to DennisKirk.com. Take it from Zep. They ship today. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, Danette, Kelly, Nancy are here from Continuum Wellbeing, Weight Loss and Wellbeing. Uh, we'll throw those numbers back out at you. We've got a lot more to talk about in that arena as well. Uh, they're joining us, Mike Gelfand, of course, with us, Andy at the wheel. And the book is available on Amazon. It's called Customer Service is Dead. And Customer Service is Dead, author, serial entrepreneur, and customer service expert, Mitch Graff draws on 35 years of experience developing best-in-class customer care departments and improving communications in businesses of all sizes to offer you new and innovative methods for reinventing customer service. Customer service is dead, Mitch. What are we going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, Mitch? 
Well, first of all, hello, family. Happy National Blueberry Turnover Day, and I believe it's also National Pack Your Lunch Day. So we want to get that out of the way right off the bat. Well, I really appreciate Now I have something to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it. The, the thing about customer service, guys, and, uh, and I know we'll dive in a little bit deeper, but I'm just sick and tired of poor customer service at just about every turn, whether it's the gas station attendant. Is he out here in Oregon? We're one of two states that we still have to let someone else pump our gas. We can't get out and swipe our own credit cards. We, I think it's 6,200 people that we employ in our state so they can pump the gas for us. The worst thing in the world to me is when I go to get a loaf of bread at, at the Safeway in our town, and the first thing that person says is, would you like paper or plastic? It's like, no, 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 no. Say hello. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Yeah. Give me something here. And yep. that's just the state of, I think, COVID has made it worse. But the Internet has really taken a lot of that personal touch away. You know what's amazing about that, Mitch? I'm glad you brought that up because we spend some time coming and going in uh, in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. And I, I noticed, and again, I'm from Minnesota, and I love Minnesota. I'm not trying to denigrate the fine people of the great state of Minnesota. But when I come down to Florida, I, I do notice that the service people in Florida, at least in the West Palm area, are very polite. How are you today, sir? How's everything going? Did you find everything you need? Is there anything you need help with? They're, they could not be more friendly. And it's not like they just are reading it off a card. They deliver it like they really mean it. I think that's very important, Mitch. Well, and it's hard, too, to, to hire that way from the beginning. I, I get asked the question yeah. all the time, can you train somebody to be good at customer service? You can give them the skill sets. You can train somebody to, to be that way. But what you can't teach someone to do is to be nice. So that really is part of somebody's chemical makeup. Yeah, and down in Florida, over here in certain areas of Oregon, the hospitality industry is what rules. And, and those yes. people kind of get it. They understand that that customer experience is the most important thing. Whether you have an online business, whether you're brick and mortar, whether you have a radio show, all we have is the way that we take care of the customer that's in front of us. Uh, I've heard it said before that the only customer that matters in your whole world is the guy you're talking to right now in front of you. Um, and if we had that approach, I think things would be a lot better than they are today. See, Kelly, I've always told you to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing me under the bus, as usual. Throwing her right under the bus. Now, Mitch, we have we have three uh, young women with us. They've just started a, a business called Continuum, and it's all about customer service. Wouldn't you, ladies, say that customer service is a huge part of your business? It's all of our business. I mean, it's all of your business. We're not selling anything. We're totally service based, and we are, you know, we have our clients' best interest at heart from beginning to end. So, yeah. What do you think of that, Mitch? And there's companies out there that get it. I mean, obviously, you guys get it. Companies like the Ritz-Carlton, who their people, the bottom-end people, I say bottom-end, they still make good money, but the people at the bottom of the totem pole, they give them the discretionary decisions to spend up to $2,000 a day to take care of a customer that has a squeaky wheel. Something went wrong in that customer experience. Some, one of the touch points didn't go like they wanted, they have the ability to make a decision, and then you tell the manager after the fact. And I think that's where a lot of systems are broken, especially with small and medium-sized businesses, is we have to check with the manager. we got to make sure it's, we're not going to get in trouble. And I just recommend, no, no, don't do that. Give your people the tools. Train them the right way. Let them know what your goals and your objectives are for your company and how you take care of your customers. And then trust them to make the good decisions. And what happens then, magic starts to happen because then the employees feel empowered, like, wow, the boss trusts me with his business, with his brand in, in my hand. 
and only good things can happen when you start putting the trust in those those frontline employees. We're talking multi-billion dollar companies that are leaving it up to a 15 to $20 an hour employee to control that brand, whether it be Chevron, Safeway, it doesn't matter. So yeah. I just say, flip that hierarchy upside down and give those people the training and the tools they need to be successful on your behalf and for the customer, obviously. Well, Mitch, it's interesting you bring that up because I was raised by my mother. I, um, you know, there are seven children in the family. Uh, raised by my mother, and she always taught me to be very polite. Well, first of all, she was a diner waitress for 53 years for a long time. So courtesy was a big, big thing in her life. So she taught me to always be courteous to people, you know, say good morning, good evening, hold the door for them, be, be pleasant to people, all the rest of it. Right. But I've hit the wall here, Mitch, because, and my wife, Catherine, thinks it's hilarious, but uh, the things that I do are now being used as a joke on a progressive commercial where the guy's showing what an old man he is because he goes up to the head of the grocery store and he puts a, gives him a thumbs up and goes, the guy in produce is really helpful. So what oh, I was yeah, taught to yeah, do my I've whole life, you've seen, right, you've seen it. Well, all of a sudden what I've been doing my whole life is a joke now and I'm acting like an old man. So it's like, come on. Right? Yeah, after 50 years of working in a diner, she knows all the tricks, right? She knows oh, exactly oh, what it takes to take care of that customer. Um, and it's amazing. Yeah. Superstore did a, or Super Office did a survey a while back. 62% of all companies don't even respond to a customer email at all. Oh, 90% God. of companies don't acknowledge or tell the customer that the email was even received at all. 97% of companies don't even send a follow-up email to the customers. Uh, to see if they're satisfied at all. 20% of companies can answer the question of the customer on the first contact, which means 80% of people can't give an answer to the customer. And this is the one that's really concerning, Tom, is the average response time to handle a customer service request. And it doesn't have to be a negative. It could just be, hey, you know, what do I do with X? The average response time, 12 hours and 10 minutes. Really? I went on an instant chat the other day with my uh, phone company. It was an instant chat on their website. It took me 18 minutes to get the live body in the instant chat. <laughs> Tell me how that makes sense. <laughs> Any world. <laughs> I love that. That works perfectly. You know, on the other hand, Mitch, you got my brain just whirring over here. Because I'm, I don't know, like I said, I was brought up differently than most people. But I was on a corporate call the other day. Just uh, I was on Tuesday, I believe. It was just a couple of days ago. So I was on a corporate call with a guy, and the guy was just being a pain in the ass. All he was doing was complaining about this, complaining about that, and he was being really unpleasant. So I thought I'd lighten the mood a little bit, and I guess I didn't deliver my joking reference very well because, you know, he made some <laughs> snarky what? comment. You? Yeah, it's hard to believe, isn't it, Mitch, that I would do that? <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Mitch. Great talking to you again, obviously. No, no you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. But I thought I'd lighten the mood a little bit. So all I said to the guy was, oh, tough guy from 1,200 miles away, huh? Like that? He reported me to the company. He reported me to the company, Mitch. Like I was mean to him. He said it was frightening. That was See, frightening. That's a, you way, that's a way of that personal touch, right? That's a way of connecting with another human being with humor, which is one thing I think a lot of people lack. They don't use humor to make that connection, that initial right. connection. Having laughter, having smiles, all those things, that's where good customer experience and customer service begins. 
uh, and it's just that's kind of being forgotten in the world of COVID. And now that we're here in Oregon, finally this Friday tomorrow, the last day that we have to have masks anywhere right. we go. Right. You guys have had it a lot, lot longer, but we've had to have masks, and so I don't even know what half of my friends look like. I don't know if they have a beard or a goatee, or if they even have a smile. <laughs> well, that's going to change a lot of things because right. a lot of people forgot how to smile with their eyes, and you can see it in the eyes. You can oh, yeah. hear it in the tone of voice. You know. Um, a lot of people have just forgotten about it, and, and I'm on a mission. I want to figure out a way to not just meet expectations, but figure out how to exceed my customers' expectations. And that's why I call it Six Star. Uh, it's a one-star world. We've kind of dumbed down our expectations. Well, what does it hurt to, to expect more for the companies that we give money to in exchange for a, a product or a service? Right. What does it hurt to give a little bit extra? See, Mitch, I think that's brilliant. Well, the three women who are in studio with us from Continuum, uh, I met them first. They were working for a different company, all three of them. And I really liked the way they comported themselves. We got along very well, did a lot of laughing and joking. Well, they've decided to start their own company now. I couldn't wait to get them on this show and talk because they were very pleasant. I mean, exactly what we're talking about. They delivered a service that really helped me a great deal. But they were very pleasant about it. You look, Danette, I know you were only fooling some of those days when I walked in and you said, Hey, Tom, good to see you. I knew you were lying, but you know. Caught me. <laughs> 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 but no, uh, the, but the you fact did that. You did it with conviction, right? I did, absolutely. <laughs> I'm well trained. But that's a big part of why I want to continue to do business with these women because they are courteous. They're helpful. They want. It's not just this fake thing like, oh, use us and we'll help you. It's no, I want to help you. More than, you know, more than anything they There's talked a about. Story. Right. A little side story that, um, and I know we, some of you have about a second delay. I apologize for that. Uh, no I love listening and watching and reading about new companies and finding out about how they set up their customer service systems, whether it be shipping, whether it be online. Anyway, I'm, my daughter and I, my seven-year-old daughter last week, are watching uh, some some show. And all of a sudden, a commercial come on, comes on for a company called Mixtiles, M-I-X-Tiles.com. You upload your pictures from your phone, which admit it we never print those anymore we just look at them and go oh isn't that cute and we, it never sees the light of day like it, when you and i grew up tom pictures were everywhere we took our film down they developed it a week later we got to see how right. bad our photography <laughs> skills were but now we just have it in our phones and it never does anything so anyway they had a deal buy 10 get 10 free so i found 20 images on my phone of my kids my wife family pictures fishing whatever uploaded them not the next day but the second day UPS shows up at my house at 10 o'clock in the morning with a box full of 20 beautiful 8 by 8 They had a nice little frame, and it's a peel-and-stick back. They have a special proprietary glue that you can stick on the wall, so no holes. A handwritten note, thank you so much. We look forward oh, to doing God. business with you again in the future. How special was that? And guess what? I've told the story 15 times, and I'll bet you out of the, those 15 times, at least two, three, or five people have said, you know what, I want to give it a try. And yeah, the product is nice. The quality seems to be okay, but I don't even know about that. I don't even care about that. I feel like I'm gold. I feel special. And I want everyone to treat me and you and the girls that way. Um, so what do we do to convince people to treat everyone like that? <laughs> well, I think this is going to go a long way toward helping. I, I, Nancy 
Kelly, Danette, you guys all do that. Where did you learn? Did you teach yourself mm-hmm. to do that? How did you all three come together and understand courtesy and gratitude is a huge part of doing business? Well, we are very lucky to have Nancy with us. Nancy is oh, the queen of customer service. I can't say enough good things. She would, when clients would get to their goal weight, like she would get those little poppers you fire off, and they would come in and they would be so surprised, <laughs> and they would get confetti thrown at them. It was so neat Love the way it. that worked, like just amazing. Love it. And Mitch, you, you mentioned a handwritten note. We are all about that, too. We're really old school with that stuff because it does go oh, a long that, way, right? It makes a huge impact that someone would take the time. But how simple is that? That's exactly. Right. Simple to do, right? Exactly right. And Actually, that's just it. It's those little things that mean so much. Yep. I have surprises. a question for Mitch on that, uh, that thread. So I'm sure you've seen this before where a company will send out an uh, automatically generated note but it's in a font that looks like handwriting to make people think oh, that it's yeah. a handwritten note. Do you Worst think in the world. Those are not yeah. so oh, good, yeah. you don't those, think? Those are terrible. Yeah. No, because we know it. We can see it. Maybe the first day that it came out 10 years ago, it's like, oh, this is novel yeah. and different. But it's software that you can even download yourself and print it on your invoices. So, no, that's not special. I'm talking about get the old blue ink, write it yourself, sign it. Uh, it doesn't have to be the CEO, whoever ships your box or whoever whoever puts your package in the envelope, that, it's, it's so simple, but that makes such a huge difference. I mean, obviously, I, I told the story of the personal note that I just received a week ago. Right. And when I talk about six stars, people know when you say, hey, thank you for the six-star service, which is something that I say when I go to a restaurant, when I am doing business, when I leave, thank you so much for the six-star service. I don't have to explain it. They understand what that means without having an explanation. And to me, when I wrote this book, I did the research, like, what are the systems that are broken, what fails, and I identified, I call them the six promises, which are the six points of the star, six promises that I think that we all need to be making our customers. Number one, we promise to treat our customers like gold in every interaction. We promise to do our best to exceed expectations, not just meet them. We promise to correct our mistakes quickly and efficiently, which is a huge problem with a lot of companies. We don't admit it. We don't suck it up and so we can move on. Uh, uh, star number four is we create an, we promise to create an unparalleled culture of customer service excellence. Mm-hmm. Star five, we promise to build a relationship based on mutual respect. And the last point of the star is we promise to never forget that you, the customer, are the most important, important part of the business. If we can just do those six things, magical things will start to happen, and you can literally reinvigorate and revolutionize the way that your business does business. Now, one thing I do have to ask, and I'd love for you guys to pipe in on this as well, all of you. One thing I have noticed, there are people now, and I don't know if it's something new or I just noticed it in the last couple of years or whatever, but if you do what we're talking about doing, there are some people that get very upset with it all because you apparently think you're a big deal and you have to be nice to people and blah, blah, blah. Some people get angry with you for doing this. I mean, not many, but some do because they just think that, oh, aren't you special? What is that all about, Mitch? Why don't they want you to be courteous? It's weird. Well, I think part of that problem is, and I know exactly the experience you're talking about, is because right. they, the customer service rep or whoever you're talking to, they don't mirror your personality. Um, they, they go way above and over the top, as opposed to gauging what the customer's level is of energy, Perfect. of tone, 
of all that. And then you take that and you regurgitate it into you and spit it back out. It's just called mirroring. It's a, it's a pretty basic technique. But that has not been taught anymore like it was 20, 30 years ago. Just mirroring the body language, mirroring their tone. And all of a sudden, they connect with you much faster and you, and you don't feel like you're being overwhelming to them. They feel like you're on their level. And th- that's where that trust comes from, too. You're not trying to bowl them over with, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, you're fake. <laughs> don't do it, right? <laughs> don't be fake. Be authentic. Be empathetic. Be real. Be yourself. And just remember, I mean, I just turned 60 a couple weeks ago, and I got a 16, 14, and 7-year-old kid. So it is really making me focus on, okay, I have a moment in front of me. Tom, you and I are sharing a moment right now with the girls. Then in a little bit, I'm going to share another moment. i got to make sure that every single moment is the best that it can be. Because I don't know if I'm going to live 40 more years or 40 more seconds. I don't know. So I live in the moment, and if I'm in front of a customer on the phone, I make sure that I am totally in tune with who they are, what their needs are. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. We're supposed to listen more than we talk, and that's another problem. We try to just talk, 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 talk. And it gets it digs, digs a hole. It gets us into more trouble than we were to begin with. You know, I'll tell you one thing. When I first walked in and met these three women uh, about a year ago, something like that, it, I don't know, maybe not quite a year ago yet, but, but getting close. But um, I did notice when I was sitting in the lobby waiting to go in for my appointment, there would be other people that would come in. And you could tell some of them were, were, I don't know, they were scared, but they were uneasy. They were nervous. They didn't know what to expect, all the rest of it. And that's the one thing I will tell you, the three of you did such a good job with. When you did come out to greet them and bring them back to your offices, you never went over the top in, in a phony way, which is what Mitch is talking about now. Oh, great to see you. Come out here. Because you guys read that very, very well. Because I read it that they were uncomfortable and they were very nervous. But you guys always handle that so well. How, did, did you all talk about that, or was that just a natural thing for you? I, you know, I think it's an interesting thing because what we do with um, wellness and with weight loss in particular, it's a whole new level of customer service. So besides the yeah. customer service of just being kind and generous and, and genuine, we're working with people that are very self-conscious, who right. really some people don't want to be there. They know they need to be there. Um, and so that's a whole other emotional dynamic. So it is. You have to be careful on both levels. And we are so cognizant and aware of that when people come in that we do. I mean, all of us. That, and that comes from being genuine with working with people and trying to do what we can to support them. And knowing the difference between sympathy and empathy. Very different mm-hmm. things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a great point. Great point. You know, and back to that first question you asked, Tom, about can you teach it? Is it something you have to be born with? You can teach a certain level of it, but to really have someone that is compassionate and empathetic, that is something that you have to hire for. I've hired people working for my companies that have no experience building anything or putting something in a box or typing in Excel. They have no experience. I can train those skills, but I just can't train you to be authentically, like you said, authentically and real nice. I've actually been experiencing something like that recently. So I had a kid four months ago, and the way that my wife reacts to him crying and screaming versus the way that I react, because I'm just like, okay, what can I do to make this kid shut up? Because this is super (laughs) annoying. Whereas when she hears him crying, she's like, oh, poor baby. Oh, do you need this and this and this? And it's a completely different innate reaction, I think, between the two of us. And I don't think I could learn to react the way she does 
So it makes sense that some people just, I don't know, they've got the uh, extra mirror neurons or something up there. Yeah, well, and also there's a, there's a lot of truth to be said. If you don't know how, if, you, if you're not good at customer service or if you're not good at sales, if you're not good at whatever the skill set is, either learn how to do it and do it to the best of your ability or find someone that, that is. If you're not that front man and you're not that, that good customer service face on your mm-hmm. business, even if you're the CEO, don't feel like you have to be the one that's out front. Find someone that can be and put them in that position. And that way you can focus on the things that you do well. I call it the 95-5. We've all heard the 80-20 principle, right? Spend your 20% of your time, you get 80% of your results. I believe that today, 95% of our results comes from the 5% of our daily activities that bring us those results. So our biggest job as an entrepreneur, as a customer service rep, is to identify those 5% and then do that. And figure out ways yeah. to get rid of the other 95%. Automate, delegate, eliminate, whatever you got to do. But if you don't like customer service, that's cool. That's totally okay. Find someone that does. <laughs> I love this point you make, by the way. We're talking to Mitch Graff, G-R-A-F, the spelling of the name. Uh, the book's available on Amazon. It's called Customer Service is Dead. I love this one point you have. Well, there are a lot of great points, but... Uh, how to institute guidelines that will allow you to hire only the right employees from the start and revolu- revolutionize your new employee training. How do you hire the right people from the start? I do with a lot of questions, and I think this is another mistake that especially small companies do. They get in there and say, tell me about yourself, tell me about your experience. Say, no, why don't you think out of the box, ask them some questions that are specifically related to how would they take care of a customer? How would they deal with the situation? And don't go on Google and find out other questions that other companies are asking. Come yeah. up with your own. If you have a, uh, a, a pottery company and you make flower pots for people's yards, and this is get ready for your busy season, ask them what would happen if a customer came back in and they had the pot that was cracked in half in their box. How do you handle that? On the spot, don't say, I'm going to go check with the boss. How would you, person I'm interviewing for this position, how do you deal with that right there on the spot and see how they approach solving the problem? Because, I mean, admit it, customer service, a lot of it is solving problems. Um, looking at systems that might exist and figuring out ways that you can break the systems down and rebuild those systems with fewer moving pieces. So asking questions that are specifically about your company, your products and services, and see how they respond. If they say, oh, well, I would go check with the boss first, and, and, and you know, if they have a weak answer you probably know that they're not really going to be in tune with the customer service kingdom, so to speak. Um, But again, a lot of that can be trained, but you really want to see what their gut reaction is before you do any of the standard stock boilerplate questions that every interview has. Um, Think out of the box, ask them some questions that makes them think on their feet and see how they respond. Speaking of which, do you think that a reason or part of the reason that customer service seems to be not as good as it once was, is that people are basically being told that anyone can do anything instead of saying, you know, play to your strengths. Everyone has innate strengths. You should do that. They're being told that you can do whatever you want uh, no matter what. So just uh, go for it and it'll happen eventually. Girls, you want to you take that one first? <laughs> I agree. I hear what Andy's saying, the point that Andy's making, because yeah, I like, think that, I would that never is be a good message. At customer service. I know I wouldn't. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> if you, if I asked, if I went to a school and I asked any teacher, they would tell me that I would be good at customer service if I tried hard enough. 
because mm-hmm. anyone can do anything. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of like the uh, the prevailing attitude in most countries right now mm-hmm. that I don't think is terribly helpful. Like that everyone gets a trophy kind of a Pretty thing. much, yeah. yeah. It's like if you try hard enough, you're going to be good <laughs> yeah. at it. But, I mean, certain people are, I think, just better at certain things. Yeah. And you have to find out what you're good at. But everyone's trying to go into customer service, and some of these people are just like, I don't know, they don't have the uh, the built-in empathy and drive and that kind of thing, and it ends up going poorly. I think. Maybe I'm wrong. I would agree well, with that. Well, you see the, the trend right now is uh, go online, make a living online. Just have a computer, and you have a website. You can sell a product or you know, mm. digital or physical and they don't have any business acumen. They don't go through, I call it the seven pillars. It's very true. Lifestyle yeah. design, time management, sales, marketing, branding, social media. They don't have those skill sets. They know how to set up a website or build a sales funnel, and they call themselves entrepreneurs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know <laughs> that an entrepreneur is not something that you can just get. It's yeah. something no. that you earn after many years of getting knocked down, and it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get up. As long as you get up one extra time, then you can be a success. And the, the School of Hard Knocks is, I think, the biggest teacher of people that are in customer service, that are in mm-hmm. the entrepreneurship space. But you have to be able to fail to know how not to do that mm-hmm. the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people that are trying to have a business without having all that uh, business training, the, the 101 foundational stuff, part of that is is the problem, too, because... They don't know what customer service means. And guess what? We all get that service, and then we have lower expectations. And before we know it, we don't expect the guy at Safeway to say, hello, sir, how was your afternoon? And the whole thing falls apart. So I really think the rising tide lifts all boats. If we all expect more from the businesses we do business with, all of a sudden magic starts to happen, good things starts to happen. Uh, and we'll get back to that, not just five-star, but that six-star companies that go above and beyond to take care of our needs, whatever they are. Um, and that's my goal. You know, one day I want to have a six-star website where people can go and find out what six-star businesses exist in my town. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> it would be really great. The book, again, available everywhere. Customer Service is Dead, available on Amazon and everywhere. Customer Service is Dead, Mitch Graff, G-R-A-F. Mitch, always a pleasure. We'll, we'll talk to you again very soon. Great idea, by the way. Customer Service is Dead, a great idea for a book. Thank you for your time today, sir. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your day. You too. We'll take a very quick break. Be right back. Several more minutes left. Boy, aren't you three? Oh, you three girls. I like to call you girls. girls. Hey, girl. I don't mind. Hey. We didn't correct them. <laughs> hey, girl. Goddamn, girl. Good. I like that. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. 
It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com. That's shift, the number two, sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener's Special Square, check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. It won't be around for long. There are also deep discounts on all other MyPillow products, too. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, or call 800-516-5146 for these great radio specials. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again to Mitch Graff. Always a good guest. Some great ideas. I, I am really, really hopeful that courtesy is going to come back into our society because right now, man, I tell you, it's... And I'm not going to single out any certain age group, but uh, <laughs> like I said, my mother taught me to hold the door for people. She taught me to you know, say good morning when they walk by. If somebody's looking at me, I go, good morning, good afternoon, whatever. And a lot of times now they just look away. Mm-hmm. And so I would at first get a little, you know, upset by that. And I talked to Catherine about it. She goes, Tom, they, they don't understand. People don't do that anymore. I said, people aren't courteous anymore on purpose. Well, I got some bad news for you. If you're going to look at me and I look at you and say, good morning, you need to answer. You're the one who was looking at me. <laughs> uh, so now I'm looking back at you. I'm being courteous. You can't just blow me off like that. You initiated the contact with your, your, with, with your eyes, right? Right. right. It's like what right. happens is kindness, mm-hmm. right? Just be kind. Well, he actually Basic. brought up a point at the very end before he hung up there about how people think that if you have a product to sell, then you yourself can sell that product, which is definitely people tend to uh, they think that they can be the idea guy, the marketing guy, the salesman. They think they can do it all. But I find that that tends not to be the case in most fields. I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell you for a fact that uh, Dad would agree that most radio people would also not be very good at the marketing side of things or the sales side of things. You know, if, no, they, if they're true. on-air talent, then they're on-air talent. They are, they're not going around and, you know, making deals and stuff, generally speaking. Um, some uh, exceptions, noteworthy exceptions... You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but like, I'm, uh, I'm in the field of programming. I don't know if I'd call myself a professional programmer, obviously. But one major issue is that programmers, for some reason, tend not to have the greatest personalities in the world. And when they make a great product, like a great piece of software or something, they're going to try to sell it themselves because they're like, oh, well, I built this by myself. Why should I hire someone to, you know, be my agent or whatever? But then they t- they kind of torpedo themselves by, you know, having that brusque programmer personality. And that's, I think, what he's talking about is that you do still need someone who can 
interface with people in a way that maybe you necessarily can't, but people are being told that they can, so they do it, and then they ruin them their uh, own aspirations, and then they get all jaded about everything. And then they have no confidence in it. Exactly. They don't try down. again, they're and then they're just like, okay, I'll just you know go work at McDonald's or whatever because life's impossible. But it's less that life's impossible and more that they're just being told that they can do too much. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, we are so lucky that the three of us have very different strengths mm-hmm. and the way it all came together was amazing. It's like, I'm, I'm like a nerd and I'll do all things science, but when it comes to customer service, Nancy's great and <laughs> Kelly can market the heck out of anything so yeah no one can do everything right. it's just right. not possible nor or should not every, you or not mm-hmm. everything really well well no know? i mean yeah you can do everything yeah. poorly if you want but. <laughs> yeah yeah but good point mm-hmm. good point so why do you think it is that people now don't want to make human contact it's kind of it's kind of weird if you ask me. I don't know, but my daughter's like doesn't want me to call her on the phone. It's like text only. I'm like, I hate that. What are you? We're, yeah. I'm missing something here. Like, and face to face, it's like I don't even know who you are anymore. Like, because you only communicate with me via text. It's, well, yeah, when you yeah. communicate entirely via text, like 90% of the time, then you become really good at doing that, but yep. not so good at doing the other stuff. So it makes sense. And, and, you know, it's also it's also kind of sad that we sit here and say. You know, I miss the intimacy of a phone call. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that makes us just sound old, true. doesn't it? <laughs> well, I am old. <laughs> it makes us just... Tom Sebastian Maniscalco has a hilarious bit about this topic. Oh, yeah. It, where, God forbid, you know, back in the day, people would stop to your home and visit you. And it was a big deal, right? Like, we have company. Mm-hmm. And the word company no longer exists, right? He has a hilarious bit about now if someone rings your doorbell, you are ducking behind every piece of furniture oh, and yeah. every, because it's, it's almost bizarre. Right, right. And you're, you're army crawling on your own floor in your own house when someone rings your doorbell. And, to, you know, Danette's point, it's like, God forbid we should call someone. <laughs> well, yeah, often that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know it's not your neighbor coming over to say hi. It's someone who wants something. No. Right. No, my neighbors, uh, you know, I've got bulldozer, uh, the bulldozer guy on one side. And uh, and then the other side, uh, well, let's just say not everyone is completely mentally balanced. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I fear the doorbell ringing. Well, I actually don't feel the doorbell ringing because I disconnected it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, and it really would be scary, I guess, then if it rang. Yeah. True. Some sort of possession going on. You don't need that. No. I'll tell you one so- last story, quick story, because I wanted to get this in. And this is a true story. Uh, a week ago, I met a buddy of mine for a cup of coffee. Uh, and uh, so I uh, went to the counter, got my coffee, sat down, we chatted. I took a sip, and it was like, ooh, this stuff tastes like motor oil. So I brought the cup back, and I said to the, to the woman who had sold me the cup, I said, you know, this stuff is really bitter. And she said, well, no one else has complained. Mm, oh wow. boy! <laughs> there you go. There is some customer service for you. And I, and I said, you. you know what? I don't think retail is your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just go with your strengths. <laughs> she said something, yeah. but I'm not going to repeat it. Oh. Sometimes I think every person should be required to have a retail job mm-hmm. sometime in their Agreed. life because you need to understand what it's like to be on the other side mm-hmm. to really be able yeah. to do it well. Yeah. That's Good true. Point. Yeah, I was a yeah. bank teller for a while, which is kind of a form of retail, I guess you could say. Yeah, customer service, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. 
I think everyone I know has had a retail job at some point. Except for that. I think if I if I were a, a bank teller, I would find myself handing the customer a note. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like f off? You mean that kind of note? Is that what you're well, talking about? Well, you know, like uh, like you know, don't call the police. Don't get excited. <laughs> I suppose. Just it's give me all, all the like... money you were planning to deposit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's, I don't think that's going to work. I got to be honest with you. No, they tend to frown on that. <laughs> yeah, they don't like yeah, that no, too yeah, much. That's but the thing. Nobody has a sense of humor anymore. Let's face it. That's true no, too. That's true. That is true. No, they don't. You're 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 absolutely because humor is not funny anymore. Because you can't say anything. You can't. God, they just there's this big thing going on. There, there's a there's a new kids movie out called Turning Red, and it's an Asian movie. Uh, it was written and directed. Uh, Produced by by Asian women, and the people are just shredding the thing because of the way they joke around with one another. It's like you can't tease one another like that. That's really yeah. not right. It's like they're kids; they're teasing one another. That's what they do. What well, other cultures do that more than you know? Yeah, some other yeah, cultures. They do. Yeah, like Scandinavian cultures, you would never see that kind of thing happen. Whereas, like in New York or. Um, I know my Spanish teacher when I was a kid told me about how in Mexico it's not uncommon to just, like, insult someone to their face, like, as a joke. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you did that in Minnesota, you would have an enemy for life. There's, you can't do that. But why? Just the way I people grew up, it. I guess. I guess it is the way they grew up. It's just I don't really understand why people have to be that way. It just makes no sense to me. Now, Mike, before we do, we break this off, I mean, the, the women are going to be on. I mean, the girls are going to be on every week. The girls are going to be on every week. But, Mike, you would like to put on, what, 8, 9, 10 pounds, something like that? That would be ideal, yeah. 10 pounds would be good, yeah. What? Well, you, gotta, you know, 10 pounds, of course, would be like 10% of my body weight, right? Yeah, right. So, mm-hmm. so it would take be a, a while. chore, and it wouldn't come easily. It would be like a year-long project. Okay. So what do you think? What do you think, ladies? What, what should Mike do? Reverse liposuction. <laughs> yes, there you go. Um, I think it's difficult. Um, when I mean, your digestive system is so complicated, and if it's not absorbing right. things, like mm-hmm. sometimes you just don't have control over. Like That's you right. can put things in your body, but if they don't get in where they're supposed to, like there's only so much. You can do so. It can well, be. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. 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 And you know, there's so many things that uh, that I can't eat. So right. I actually you have know, very similar diet, issues. I keep saying no, can't do it. To Gelfand, but they manifest in the opposite way. I've been gaining a lot of weight because I can't eat raw vegetables. Like any raw vegetable, I can't do. No, it. they're off. The, they're they're totally off limits for me. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. Uh, being stabbed in the stomach. It's yeah. just not. And uh, right. most raw fruits I can't eat, so it makes, right. like, if I just want to, like, okay, it's time to work, i got to pick a snack and go, I can't just get a salad or something like that. I, the only choices I really have are going to be meat or carbs, which for me yep. tends to mm-hmm. result in weight gain. But, yeah, I know what you're talking about when it comes to, like, okay, I'd love to eat healthy, but how do I eat healthy if 80% of the food on earth is off limits to me? Yeah, and you and, have and to. A, you, you know, have there's a mental aspect here too, because at some point you may not be aware of it. I don't think I was aware of it for a long time, 
But at some point, you begin to associate food with pain. Absolutely, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really? So then you don't yeah. want to eat. Sure. Oh, yeah, no. It's right, like I'm exactly. allergic to several types of fruit and, well, like avocados. I can't eat avocados. I can't have guacamole. And people are like, oh, do you miss guacamole? It's like, well, I used to, but then after the 20th time of eating it and feeling horrible mm-hmm. for six yeah. hours, <laughs> now really. it's just, to me, it's like a bowl of poison. Why would I want to eat that? Exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine, a noted author who, Tom, I think you, you know of, um, and uh, a local author who has a best-selling book right now about print, yeah. I might add. I hate, I hate to give plugs for my friends, but mm-hmm. why not? You sure. know, and he's, he's, he's got Crohn's, Crohn's disease, and I have my own thing. And, like, we're sitting around and, say, you know, and, and we're saying to each other things like, God, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to eat? <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. I, well, I think about that though. That's yeah. I suppose. You know, I mean, some and I'm eating. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, I'm eating. You know, and I do eat like six, seven times a day. But, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's. There's a, there is an emotional, a mental aspect to it that I have not conquered. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's almost like having PTSD. I mean, when you have an experience like that and your digestive system it is like that. doesn't work for you, like yeah. it's very scary. Right. And then you're afraid to put anything in your mm-hmm. your body for fear of what might happen. And it's kind of self-fulfilling. Yep. Well, right? I think most That's people right. can relate to you go to a restaurant, you get home. Turns out, oops, you had food poisoning. Uh when how long is it going to take for you to go back to that restaurant because for a lot of people it's it could be five years it could be a decade (laughs) or it could be literally never so it's like you know when you eat just a salad and you get that same reaction you're going to be swearing off salad for quite a while Mm -hmm. yeah look at that that or forever yes (laughs) that's that show shot by in a hurry today man you guys (laughs) must have been entertaining or something (laughs) no i I, see i think I'll be very honest with you. I think this is going to be very, very good. It'll be wonderful to have you guys in on Thursday. But overall, like I said, I'm just looking at my phone, the reaction I'm getting to this. People need to just sit. If they can just sit down and listen, because I I honestly, and you would know more about this than me, but I've been around enough places now and sitting in the the lobby that most people, I don't know if it's 51% or if it's 99%, most people are very nervous, very uncomfortable the first time they walk into a weight loss center. They very just true. are. Yep, very true. For their, all, so, for their own reasons and lots of reasons. Yeah. We're talking about yeah. a lot of them here and, you know, uh, it's such an individual thing. Emotions are a big, big part of this and that's another thing that we focus on too. It's like what what are you feeling like that this relationship with food and is so complex and there's so much shame around weight and i mean it's it's much more complicated than right think. than just the weight yep yeah. well that just dropped uh so i guess that's going to be a thursday thing from now on is every thursday our tie line's going to break but that's okay because we are at the end of the show anyway so uh yeah we'll uh We'll see you three next week, and we'll see everyone else on Monday. And, uh, Mike, uh, try to put on some pounds, would you? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, the worst thing that can ever happen is people say, oh, I'll, I'll bring over a cheesecake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I'll feel great after that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was good. Yeah, this was kind of like a, you know, kind of like a 55-minute session. It was a little mm-hmm. longer than that, but it was, yeah. you know. 
Well, I'm afraid our time is up for this week, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I'll make an appointment for next week. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk to everyone (laughs) next week. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.